I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? So you're saying it's better to die from a cancer than it is to die from a brain-eating amoeba? Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, would too. I yeah, mean, yeah, me so, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But would, would you know you're dying if it's eating your brain? Is Probably. Your, yeah, you can't beginning. see your brain from the, the inside out. The first thing that out. goes yeah, is it's like, like it's all all the nerve. Yeah, but you would forget. You'd be like, oh, what just happened? It'd, oh, it'd, it'd just be brains. like insanely painful. I feel like. Yeah, yeah you have a little critter fucking munching on your fucking. Making you a smooth brain. There's yeah. definitely bugs in all of us right now. Oh, yeah. Chilling. There's more bacteria oh, yeah. in, like, in your gut than there are like, oh, the amount of people who have ever my, lived. My shit's probably fucked up. <laughs> yeah, your gut? It's probably full of fucking uh, Lifesaver gummies <laughs> and Arizona fruit snacks. And taquitos. <laughs> hey, taquitos probably got pushed out by those bad boys. <laughs> yeah, shifted to another bowel. <laughs> it's, the, it's the gummies that are swallowing up all the room. The gummies are they're, they're not decomposing. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I think of these the, the pools of uh, dye, like food coloring <laughs> yeah. in your stomach, have got to be nuts. That's I hope sick. they've like separated yeah. like oils. Like yeah. <laughs> each little zone of Mike's intestines is a different color. Like if we it's... cut you in half, a hippie would sell you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good to know. That, it's really good to know that you're getting your fruit in now. You know? Yeah, that's yeah of true. course. Healthy. Yeah. That's all I'm about is health nowadays. You know, it's all right. So, are we going to wrap up this segment on Ricky Lakes? Uh, what's Ricky? Who's Ricky Lakes? This is Ricky Lakes. This is Ricky Lakes. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Lake, lake is our, a very deep podcast. show. All right, let's go to a lake. All right, after this show, we'll go to a lake. Yeah, let's do a real show. Uh, Travis, introduce us. Welcome, coming live from Lake Ronkonkoma, Long Island. It's Rosemorum Cast. The history oh. show where we talk about the depths of lakes and history that goes on underneath lakes. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I wear a shirt on in the pool. This is your <laughs> that's your only host, Mike. Mike, thanks for having us. Uh, We're the guests. Yeah, thanks yeah. For you know what? Here, I'm glad you showed up. I'm really yeah. ta- excited to talk about lakes. You know what? Glad to talk about it. It's important to cover, but also it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Tuesday. You know what that means, yeah. right? I do. I don't want to ruin your joke, Connor. That was the best joke. It's Rube Tuesdays. <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays! <laughs> it is Rube Tuesday. I do like dad jokes still. Mm-hmm. It's always funny. <laughs> Dude, and this is a twofer uh, series going on right now, right? Oh, it is a twofer, yes. Yeah. Ruby Tuesday twofer. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, two for hey. one. Hey. Jalapeno pop. Are we going to Ruby Tuesdays after this? Is that the one I'm in hearing? the lake? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lake Ronkonkoma? That, yeah. It's at the bottom of Lake Ronkonkoma. It's it's a, a Ruby Tuesday. Staffed functioning Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. What that's uh, that? James Cameron shut down Avatar. He bought Ruby Tuesdays and he's making <laughs> deep sea Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Well, he loves somebody cares the idea of a salad bar and he, he just like needs more salad bar restaurants in his life yeah hey you guys fly out here we can go to the mariana trench rubies <laughs> i don't know if i could do that i don't like going that far down i've been in a basement for too long um guys how was his weeks okay mike we doing it 
Who's got oh, it? My week. Yeah, you're your the host. Week, go into depth. <laughs> Can you do a runtime of six minutes on your week, please? You really want six minutes? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's fucking same old shit. Yeah. It's fucking delivering. Okay. You know. It's good. Uh, I'm old now. Getting fatter. You know. Wiser. Mike, I feel like you need to take inspiration from that movie Cocaine Bear, but do it with like uh, wine dance pit bulls. You know, just feed them cocaine. Well, it doesn't have to I be think cocaine. That would make them more aggressive with me. They 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 travel in packs over there like wild dogs. It's retarded. <laughs> They're just out there running around causing it, havoc. Yeah, the like what is this? <laughs> and I go other you go to other places and you're like it's like all right here's. We're giving you snacks to eat while you deliver. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get my dog out of the room. Yeah, there you. What were you talking about? <laughs> he was talking uh, shit about dogs. wild dogs in, Co- traveling in packs. Yeah, fentanyl P- pitbull, the new movie. <laughs> yeah, you why know not? what? I was trying to try to get some. I, I thought a cat was gonna jump in my truck the other day. I was getting really excited. I was like, oh, here he goes. He's gonna get in there. One little fucker. I was, I was I had a certified mail. I was waiting for someone to get to the door, and I was mm-hmm. watching him. We got to staple it to the cat and send him up the door. No, I wanted a buddy to hang out with me all day. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he pissed on all the mail. He ran off though. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Ah, fuck man. this shit." Damn. Oh man. All right, awesome. Your yeah, week ter- sounded terrible. Terrible so cool. week. Uh, I hate myself. <laughs> uh, Connor, your week. Uh, my week was good. Speaking about getting old. Uh. Hangovers just hurt more nowadays. Yeah, I stopped Ooh. drinking. Yeah. Um, I threw up four times on Sunday morning just from being hungover. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. It's great. It's real, real, real fun. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been there. Uh, I, I know doing. Tom's seen it. Maybe Mike's seen it. When I throw up all the capillaries in my face burst. <laughs> so you know, like, I can't lie. If I've been out drinking too much or like, <laughs> you know, I'm hungover because like my, uh, the white of my eyes are red. Your face, yeah. yeah well, you, I, I'm like, you get, you're, they're, cr- Travis just your eyes a are lot crying. Your face is like the color of a boxing glove. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I wasn't like, drinking, officer. So I was like, hey, uh, Travis, you okay? You're like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's keep drinking. Let's go. I just <laughs> got into a fight. The most amount of energy I've seen come after you booting so hard. I'd be like, I need to keep going. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Uh, so that was you. Yeah, it was week? rough. Out of commission all day Sunday. All right. Just, oh. Yeah. We all have but to climb our own fun, personal. It was a fun Everest. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Travis? How was your week? Um, my week was pretty uneventful. Uh, just been cleaning. Very nerd. Nice. I know. And then you you clean when you have a cat. You find hidden cat puke that you know you missed. It's great. Where, where'd they hide it this time? Uh, hid it under my leather chair. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Yeah, he just that means likes. He to, loves you. He likes to crawl up places and put hairballs in areas that surprise me every time. Wow. It's a very interesting week. Yeah, clearly. Tom. What about you? How about? Did you have any hairballs? Uh, no, actually, I had to lock the door so the dog didn't come back in. So I missed that whole story <laughs> again. Oh, uh, see, Travis you were mocking the, the other day. You were like, "Oh, here's Travis leaving during how's your week." Yeah, no, you're right. I did make fun of you. You mm-hmm. can make fun of me now, too. But, um... You better fucking not. No, I wasn't pleased with my week, so let's go with the show. Yeah. Ruby Tuesdays! Let's get to Ruby Tuesdays. I heard cats like you when they put their ass in your face. Yeah. 
That's good. It's a sign of affection. You want your cat put their ass in your face. And we want that. <laughs> Travis, well, I learned that you, this week. Do you think you have that parasite? Well, the, that the everyone gets the cat parasite. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely have it. I also like work right next to my kitty litter, so you know, it's just if I am constantly getting injected with cat love cat me G. parasite. Nice. Well, that's cool. You right. find that at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> no, that's an above ground <clears throat> brain right, amoeba. That's good. I feel like this has been a rough start to Ruby Tuesday. I think it's been a great start because I feel like Rube loves swimming in the bottom of lakes and probably had a bunch of parasites. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that. So I, I think it's fitting. I mean, that's I the best place to keep a body. I don't know. In the ground. <laughs> the ocean. Yeah. yeah you continue, uh, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> right into Mike, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Let him know your hot tips. Mike's favorite place is the Gilgo Beach Dunes. Um, yeah. Very peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get drunk now. So we left Rube. He had uh, gotten on a train thanks to some Pinkerton agents, and Connie Mack had made sure that he finally actually made it to Philadelphia. So not only is he back with Connie Mack, his manager, he's also reunited with his and everyone's favorite catcher, Ossie Schreckengast. Better known right. as Shrek. Hey now, you're a Shrek boy. Gonna catch his mitt up your ass. <laughs> Now, Shrek was, we're going to talk a lot more about him today, um, because he and Rube were real close friends. Uh, they were roommates, they were drinking buddies, they'd go fishing and hunting together, and because this is baseball in the turn of the century, um, and it's they're staying at really cheap hotels, that meant that when they're roommates, they're sharing a bed. Oh, yeah, because, like Three well, Stooges style. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know... It's very likely that these men did touch each other because back then, like, you look at old movies and, like, kids are always jerking off in front of each other. Like, every coming-of-age story that takes place in the turn of the century, it's like, oh, I'm going to go jerk off and learn about myself with my friends. Yeah, and here's every time a it's bag. like, here's a men's camp, summer camp from 1903. They're all wearing Speedos. Yeah. Or, or not even anything. Or they're running away fishing and going, hey, you want to hit the town and see if we go pick up some chicks? No, nah, that would take away from our fishing time. Why don't we just suck each other off real quick so we can get over this, like, th well, this uh, hormone heads. boost? Well, yeah, yeah. Ba back in the Us day, convenient. it wasn't homosexual unless if you actually came in the asshole. Yeah. Everything other that than right? that was, you know, perfectly yeah. straight. Yeah, so it's cool to me. I think it's great. Two yeah. guys doing Shrek the right thing. Shrek, well, and it's, you know, fitting pitcher and catcher, Shrek and Rube. They didn't have phones to watch pornography. Yeah, that is true. Saying. You know, just got to crank one off with your pal. <laughs> Connie Mack had said that uh, Shrek was the fizz powder to Rube's pinwheel. Aww. <laughs> so, so, yeah, maybe they were doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Now, when we were talking about Rube, uh, his pitching prowess last episode, a lot of that was in the minors or college games. And when he was in the majors, he was still really good. Um, but, you know, he was just a really good pitcher. There was a lot of good pitchers back then. He wasn't like the best of the best. When he gets back to Philly, he immediately lights it up. In his very first game, he strikes out the side three different times, and in the ninth inning, he threw the first ever immaculate inning, which meant he threw nine pitches and got nine strikes for three strikeouts. That's the first one ever? First one ever in the American League. Wow. It had happened in the National League in like the 1880s only once, and then mm -hmm. Rube was the first ever to do it in the AL. Right. I back to what you were saying about how most of his amateur career was... Up to this point, 
was um, like immaculate or just over the top. Yeah. And his time in the majors was like, eh. But that was a little more due to drinking and being a butthead, right? It was more, it, well, he's always been drinking. Right. So that his performance can't be tied to that yet. It's more that like his teammates really didn't like him. And when his coaches and teammates didn't get along with him, he didn't find like the joy in it. Right. So he'd get easily distracted and like fuck around and just not focus. Whereas don't when he was having much. fun. Yeah. Cause- because you described some pretty incredible yeah. plays back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. And when he, like when he just, liked where he was, he'd pitch best. Just to remind me, he's playing for the Philadelphia Athletics, right? Yes. He's okay. with the Philadelphia Athletics. Okay. This is the same team that will eventually become Oakland? the Oakland Athletics. Oh, wow. Um, so in that game, in his very first game, again, struck out the side three times. He also only faced 27 batters. Um, which is what you need for a perfect game. But he did allow two hits, but our guy Shrek threw out both runners on the base paths. So it's about as close to a perfect game as you can get. Fuck yeah, Shrek. Yeah. Hell Shrek yeah. is like John C. Riley in Talladega Nights. He really... <laughs> they, that's a really good relationship like to think about yeah. when it comes to Ruben Shrek. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. Love friendship. Um, Impossible dick sucking. Yeah. <laughs> His very first game, he's carried off the field by the fans when it is over. Uh... Now, also around this time, Rube is probably the reason that the New York Yankees still uh, came into existence. In a game against the Baltimore Orioles, Rube was up to his usual antics and was up to it so much that Connie Mack sent him to go coach third base purely so he could talk shit to the opposing dugout. Because he loved talking shit to people. Yeah. Because it was all just fun and games to him. It's it's only two types of people who do it. It's the really dumb and the really smart. Yeah. Right. That's, that's about it. He's also and probably he, calling them like chuckleheads and like chowder brains and like these and really like nice old them old timey <laughs> uh, slurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all been around dumb people who like slinging insults and they usually stick to one or two. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, are you, one they like. what are you? What are you? Chucklehead chump? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I used to work with those Greek twins, and they loved saying "Cotty Claus" to everyone. You know, they yeah. Ever tell, yeah, they just call him "Yakati Claus," and be like, "What is that?" <laughs> Does that yeah, mean like chair maker? Yakati Claus. Yeah, you just go with one. Yeah, you find one that you, you like. make it your identity. It's a, it's yeah, dude, we found out that it meant chair maker in Greek. It's right? chair maker in a very specific island in Greek, which I guess is uh, Greece. What a hilarious so. insult, chair yeah. maker! Yeah. Well, it's like you make the chair I sit on. That's yeah. basically what they're saying, and it's like. You if make you it ask a, a toilet. Greek person, if you ask a Greek, uh, anyone from Greece, they're not going to know. It's just this one. It's island. just this one little island, one little village on an island. <laughs> it's such a small inside joke that they weren't even born on that island. Their parents were. Yeah, they brought wow. that over. So maybe Rube is calling these guys chairmakers. So anyway, uh, the opposing manager of the Orioles is a guy named John McGraw, and this is back when the manager was basically like he was sometimes a player also, but oftentimes it was a manager, part owner general manager like every like he was the entire front office in one guy um so they had an immense amount of power and mcgraw was so pissed off at rube that he starts screaming at the umpire and starts like berating the umpire so severely that he's thrown out of the game and then the american league suspended him for a week now instead of serving his suspension mcgraw was so mad that he abandoned his club went to the national league and started becoming the manager of the new york giants the now san francisco giants and he also brought all of the Baltimore Orioles' best players with him. So oh. now the Baltimore franchise was, like, collapsing midseason because Rube pissed off their manager so bad that he took his ball and went home. <laughs> and so what the AL does is they step in, they secure funding, and they move the Orioles to New York, rename them the Highlanders, and are like, now we're going to compete in New York with the National League. 
And that team eventually changed their name to the New York Yankees. They should have stayed Highlanders. Yeah, New York Highlanders is a sick name. Yeah, and they could get the logo almost the same. It was the same. It was their the new NY yeah. logo was always what it was. <sighs> yeah, Mike, you Mike's rocking the Yankees hat right now. Highlanders, baby. Highlanders. Highlanders. They yeah. should have been called the Bill Gates Five G Victims. But <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty uh, retarded back then. Uh, if so, Bill Gates was like a few years earlier. Uh, he was already happen. around. He yeah. had a time machine. He was, so? he was fucking around back then. That was awesome. Between between uh, this episode and the the last one, I was looking around at some of the old timey team names, and I found oh, one amazing. that was hilarious. Was the uh, the Hoboken Young Democrats? <laughs> nice. So that's what Jersey's all about. Yep. Young Democrats. Jersey well, Mike sub sponsors us. Forget about. It. <laughs> I mean, Rue was on the Chicago Orphans. Then you have that's the cool Boston name. Bean Eaters. That was the Boston team for a while. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers were the Brooklyn Super Boz at one point. Super Boz. Yeah, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> the yeah. Zoot Suits. And then the Cleveland team was the Cleveland Steamers. Naps, and it was because their best player for a few years was named Napoleon. So they're like, hey, they're all the Naps now. Naps. Go Cleveland Naps. Just name it hey. after the best player. Yeah. I kind of want to. There's San Francisco had the San Francisco Seals, and their their picture is just like a shitty drawn seal. The, um, the best the team head. name I'm saving because it's it's a minor league team, but we'll get there. Okay. Awesome. The Ducks. So that's that's how Rube caused the creation of the New York Yankees. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so Connie Mack, um, <laughs> eager to like make sure that Rube was on the steady. You know, he'd already coached him before. He knew he could wander off. So to keep an eye on him, he hired a boxing trainer that Rube was friendly with named Frank Newcomb to just follow around Rube no matter what, 24-7 during the season. Rube hated it. He was constantly trying to like dodge this guy, like, you know, drop his tail basically. Before Mac was like, well, you know, if you keep losing him in the streets, we're going to have to fire him. And Rube was so upset by the idea that he would be firing Frank Newcomb that he was like, okay, you can follow me around. <laughs> Let him follow him the whole season. Frank, I'm trying to fuck these prostitutes and keep fucking <laughs> popping out of nowhere. Frank, you in that closet? No. no. answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess you're not. <laughs> that's that's the best like that's the best case scenario for any any job position. Yeah, like it's being created for someone who doesn't want it but feels bad. But is, is so like good natured that they're like, I don't want him to get fired. Is that is that why we still have the TSA? <laughs> is that, like, people idiots running government going? I don't want them to get fired. Oh, I don't yeah. want that. It doesn't yeah. work, but. Yeah, so Rube, when he gets back to Philly, has a great first game, and the rest of the 1902 season, remember, he's joining this team late, um, is one of the most dominant runs that Rube would go on for his entire career. In a July 9th game against the uh, Boston Bean Eaters, he set an AL record with 16 strikeouts in one game. In a series with Boston the very next week, uh, tensions were high because of how much Rube had dominated them, and tempers are kind of flaring before the game. Rube's actually there before the game for this that he and the Boston first baseman, George LeChance, agreed to a wrestling match to settle the dispute between the teams before the game. So all the fans are, like, getting there early. They want to see the wrestling match. Rube pinned him, and uh, while all the fans are watching and cheering, and LeChance was so tired and beat up from the wrestling match, he didn't play the game, while Rube still started through nine innings and won three to two. Damn. Damn. What a boss boy. Yeah. Within his first month back in the majors, Rube was 9-0, and the Athletics were just a half game out of first place, trailing the Chicago White Stockings. 
And in the wider baseball landscape at this time, the AL is finally competing directly with the NL's popularity. In some cities, they are the bigger league at this point. So now the NL is like so th fully threatened by the American League. We finally have two like fully healthy competing leagues. Uh, and in August game, with Rube fever running high, Philly had 18,000 fans in attendance, which was the largest crowd to ever see a baseball game in history. A record they continued to break almost every single one of Rube's starts that year. So only for Rube's starts, the stadium got so packed that they just kept building more and more stands Sheesh. in the ballpark. Oh, that's crazy. And those were like, <laughs> this was like, I mean, it was a stadium, but I feel like it was more like, uh, like a horse race stadium where you just have yeah. those like... Kind this of is like, like the true ballparks like style. Yeah. Like, this is like pre like Wrigley Field when it was built was like the brand new version of these old stadiums. These are like the benches. Yeah. They're not the fold down seats or anything yeah, like all that. Yeah. Benches, lot of bleachers, area, big bleachers. bleachers. Yeah. Uh, for pretty much his old whole entire career, Rube would be the single biggest draw in Major League Baseball. Opposing teams regularly set attendance records only on days when they hosted the Athletics and mostly only on days when Rube was scheduled wow. to start. In many ways, he was the first ever American sports celebrity. What a hot dog. Uh -huh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, during a road trip in Detroit, Mac decided to give Rube the day off. He knew that was important for Rube. He was just like, let him do whatever he wants. And uh, Mac was sitting in the lobby that night when Rube came in being accompanied by a police officer. The officer explained that Rube would need to be arrested unless he paid a $10 fine for an unspecified infraction. Mac paid up right away and es escorted Rube back to his room in the hotel. An hour later, Mac decided to go for a walk before bed and found Rube and the cop drinking away the $10 at a nearby bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I thought that was going to take a very different turn. No. Like, yeah. I, I caught this fella coming in my wife's mouth. Uh, Tom, you're too, you're too. Sex. Yeah, Tom, you're too like 21st century black pilled. Not everything has to go to Epstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. he's just he just wants to go drinking and fish. Yeah, and so Rube was so so bad with money for his entire career that for most of the time in Philadelphia, he was only paid in one dollar increments every single day to avoid having uh, him spend all of his money every time he got like a big paycheck. <laughs> So, so he, everyone else is getting paid like every couple of weeks or every week. He could only he, they would give him a dollar like every morning. Like here's a uh, here's a dollar. Here's a dollar. Like, <laughs> That's smart though. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's white trash. Yeah. And white trash they need that. And, I mean Connor, yeah. like you you said that at some point during baseball's history, probably like when Rube started, like people did other jobs oh, and were baseball yeah, players. The whole time up until like the 30s, they're doing other jobs. Okay, so not not really getting enough to like live off of yeah, as... like uh, so, like some of these guys are already like coming from money, so like they can survive off it. But then most oh, of the gee. guys are like, they still play baseball in the winter, but they have to like go to play other small leagues in order to oh, keep gotcha. up, or oh. they're playing other sports. I mean, you uh, mentioned like... a few times before that like Rube did have some contracts that were pretty substantial at the time. Not none of his for once he was in the majors, like his minor league contracts were good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's minors, what I mean. But like now that he's in the majors, he actually does not make much money in the majors. That's so weird. Yeah. Because huh. yeah. in the majors, I... it's more like they're demanding more of him. So they, and also he's just more ignorant. So like when he heard, oh, I'm getting a hundred bucks for a minor league game or for like a minor league season, great. Now he's like, oh, I'm getting only a thousand dollars for a major league game. Amazing. Whereas like other pitchers are making like three grand or four grand a season. So he just, he has no concept of like, there's no agents, there's no anything. 
Imagine so if like, uh, Derek Jeter. Yeah. Imagine if Derek Jeter also had to work in a subway, like yeah. <laughs> when he was playing for the Yankees. Yeah, just to earn, <laughs> earn a little cash. Yeah. Um, other times, also speaking of Rube's salary, they would just send half of his yearly salary directly to his parents. Oh. And then other times they would send it to whichever woman he was currently married to at the time. Send it to Darla. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Peggy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> so Rube was getting so good in this uh, half season that the Philly fans wanted to reward him themselves, and they gifted him a gold watch before a game. He lost it immediately and asked <laughs> Mac for help finding it. Uh, Connie Mack put out a $20 reward for the lost watch, and in a miracle twist, just a couple hours later, it was quickly recovered by a nearby barkeep. Rube now had a $20 tab at his favorite bar. He would lose the watch another handful of times, and Mack was happy to pay the reward every single time. He basically uh, treated it as like a bonus, because they're already uh, lowballing him. <laughs> this guy's smart. Yeah, that's yeah. incredibly smart. He's that's just like, running a, like a short, con, a long con, basically. Well, that that that's like what the smartest kid in preschool would do mm-hmm. to fuck with a teacher. Now, you know, that's so a, he's the smartest third grader of all time, and and he can't be called out. Like part of it is being aware of the age and the extent of trouble you can get yeah. in. Yeah. So he like he's forever six, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. But he also can just like constantly be pushing these people. Connie is just like lost my watch again. Can you say reward? Uh, it would also like what the, like you're saying, Tom. I agree. Like, well, like the amount of trouble you could get in in what 1915 or whatever this is. 1902. Like, 1902. Like, come on. What you're gonna? Oh, it looks like you're gonna go in jail for a night for fucking killing a man. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about like professionally. Like this is with he's yeah. Connie is paying the bill on this. Connie is never manager once, slash owner. Like. I, I don't mean trouble. I mean like Connie's gonna be like. Rube, I'm not paying for this fucking watch again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he was like, ah, fuck What are you doing? Whatever. Like, <laughs> he can lose the watch. Yeah, yeah but he just keeps letting it happen. Yeah. And yeah. whatever, he's probably making a buck off That's this the, guy. He's making so much. The gate receipts that Rube brought in. Again, he's they're setting attendance records that are blowing away the competition only when it's Rube. 20 bucks. I mean, that's that might be half the audience for yeah. the price of going to a game back then. Yeah. But still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the season continues, and on September 24th, 1902, the Athletics clinched the American League pennant, which is, back then it was just they played the right whole season. Whoever had the most wins at the end, they win the league. The A's win the league. They have a huge parade to celebrate. Rube is at the front of the parade. Everyone's, it's the high point of Rube's Philadelphia career as like a team. Now, there had been talks about an, a National League versus American League championship series. One may even call it a World Series. Oh. But the National League champion, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who had previously employed Rube, they refused to play against the Athletics. Whether they were more afraid of Rube or just the American League itself is hard to tell, but all winter-long papers would basically call them cowards for ducking Rube. I mean, if it was today, they could just accuse them of anything. Yeah. <laughs> and just be like, no, no, we heard one of them's racist. Yep. That can't play them. Can't all play one of them might be a pedophile. We can't play them. Yeah. But back then, they didn't know those terms. Yeah. They were just yeah. like, hey, hey. They're like, ah, you make a lot of money. Yeah, it's a scary. Pro- it's a pride point. We yeah. don't do that type of thing. Yeah. Well, you also wouldn't want to start an east-west revolution in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Right. Pittsburgh yeah. and yeah. Philly. Pittsburgh, Philly. <laughs> you ever heard, uh, there's that stupid joke where people go, oh, why do they call it the World Series? It's just Canada and... The U.S., yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this a, is when a, it was five states. What a bad joke. <laughs> Who cares? Like, it's, yeah. it's men in tights. Like, yeah. well, it's baseball like, in Russia. Your first World yeah. Series is like, it's teams from New York, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. It's like, <laughs> and me. Like, <laughs> wait, wait. We have, got, no, we have no problem with Mr. Universe. They like, got it doesn't matter. Little League World Series where it's everyone from around the world that do it. That's a true World Series. That's there true World go. Series. Yeah. yeah. So in, uh, in this right, half season eating. of play... Rube had gone 24 and 7, had 22 complete games. He had a 2.05 ERA. For those who don't know baseball, anything below a 3 is considered good. Anything below 2.5 is considered amazing. And he had a 2.05, so very, very good. And in half a season, he led the American League in strikeouts with 210. His second place finisher was Cy Young, the guy that has the award named after him. Boo. And he threw only 160 strikeouts despite pitching 100 more innings than Rube. Just to show how crazy Rube's strikeout totals are. Rube's the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Cy Young. So now we get to spring training of 1903. And Rube and Shrek decide they want to get a head start. Get in, train, get in, you know, get in shape before the season. So the pair travel together down to Jacksonville, where the team will be practicing um, for that spring training. They stop at an ostrich farm along the way and were kicked out when Rube tried to ride on top of one of the birds. I like that. <laughs> Sick. Mike, Next, do you think about getting into ostrich riding? I mean, yeah, sure. But I had a lot of money, like being a baseball player. <laughs> you don't need a lot of money. You just need to find an ostrich. Well, I, I need to go yeah. to Jacksonville. You don't need a lot of money for that either. Yeah. Uh, you can buy like, a crack in Jacksonville and find an ostrich farm. There you go. <laughs> uh, their next stop was alligator hunting. On their very first That's day, cool too. Rube was bit, but thankfully on his right hand. Remember, he's a lefty. Oh. Uh, he stuck with it, and the whole winter, he spent wrestling alligators in front of crowds for cash. <laughs> that is badass. So that's what happens when you got TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the alligator wrestling is cool. You know what I find really stupid? Those guys who open up the alligator mouth and stick, and stick their heads in. Yeah, it's like the dumbest activity. No, just wrestle. Oh, why does it look wrestle? Cool? That's an adrenaline rush. Yeah, that's Steve Irwin, dude. Don't yeah. talk shit about Irwin, Saint Irwin. Yeah, but that's like that's like Ugh. watching someone like David Carradine. You know, like jerking off and like kind of like just got to make sure I don't hang myself completely before I come. <laughs> like that's. Like, that kind of rock. It's like what is it? in my ass. It is masturbatory, that one. But if mm. you're putting on a show, it's a little different. If you're wrestling, sorry, you're putting good your wrestling? head in a hole is not a show. Yeah. I put my head in a hole once. Yeah, it's not a show. It's an activity. Ooh, ooh. I get that. Harry put... <laughs> Museum. Your whole uh, head, Mike? <laughs> yeah. So Rube also got in the habit of racing piglets at a nearby farm. And yes. he also adopted one, uh, turned it into the team's mascot, named it Dick. I feel like he's got a weird animal fetish. He just He's a farm boy. He just loves, loves animals. I'm saying I think he's got a weird animal He fetish. communicates with them. Oh, rocks. dude. The pig named Dick. Dick yeah. Pig. This pig's got a big butt. He, uh, he also <laughs> raced motorcycles uh, at the nearby racetrack. These were a brand new invention. Oh. He's probably one of the first people to ride race on motorcycles Look at this. as well. Is it Triumph they're riding? I don't know. These, it's 1902. These it's triumphs are probably riding. barely resembles a motorcycle. I mean, <laughs> I think bicycle. I think the yeah. With a I think the Harleys on. were around back then, right? Like, or maybe I don't kicking think so off. Yet. Yeah, it's a it, with the Indians and the tri- Triumph. triumphs are British. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, those yeah. are British. Indians Boy. were American, and then Harleys. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I think Harleys like 20s or like late. Don't listen to me. This is stupid. I don't know anything about motorcycles, dude. You know nothing about a hog getting no, on that fresh steel, riding off into the wind. I know I was born to ride, but I'm forced to work. Mm. <laughs> God damn it. 
So in one spring training game, either this year or another year, no one really knows, so I'm just going to say it was this year, Ruba's playing center field, which was very rare for him, and all of a sudden, all the crowd's attention is on a fire that had broken out at a barn nearby. Oh. And the blaze was out in the outfield, like beyond the outfield wall, but it could be seen over the wall in, from inside the stadium. Connie Mack tells a story about how when this happened, he looked out from the dugout and could see Rube standing on top of the wall, silhouetted against the blaze. He yelled for Rube to get down. Rube took a second glance back at Connie Mack, shrugged, and jumped off and ran towards the fire. <laughs> awesome. Wait, so so who here actually, who played Little League when they were a kid? I did. You I did? Blue. So you, you remember getting put out in outfield and like, you know, that's like where you like literally just pick dandelions and like just kind of fucking shuffle yeah, your well, feet like around. Left yeah. field, maybe you'll get something. Center field, hey, you probably got to be okay. Right field, just hide. Just get Yeah. <laughs> hide but like, there. I feel like that is the worst place to put Rube Waddell. Oh, Adam, like, that's why he's There's no pitch. action out there. You know? <laughs> he's got to be involved on every single moment yeah. or else he's gone. Yeah. So what did he do with the fire? He just like hung out. He huff, went and fought the fire. Huff and smoke. Throwing, throwing buckets of water, running inside, saving people. He probably saved like 10 lives that night. Yeah. I imagine now, him um, turning to the, uh, the, the, you know, the right fieldsman and being like, bring me my ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mentioned we had a good minor league team coming up. So maybe this game is against them, but they definitely played games um, during the spring training time against the local Jacksonville club. They were called the Jacksonville Comers. (laughs) Who doesn't like to do that? It's spelled C-U-M-M-E-R-S. It's not even spelled the other way. I got to find a vintage hat. This is Comers. Comers. Yes. That was my my risky Google of the week when I was doing this research. I was like, I saw it in the book. I'm like, that can't be right. And just like tried to see if there was an actually, and I couldn't confirm it or not, but he, they played against the Jacksonville I'm Cummers. I'm Googling that right now. Oh, just Jacksonville like a bunch Cummers. of cum on the floor is our logo. <laughs> so, uh, right as spring training is winding down, down, Rube disappeared for a few days. And, you know, they kind of had gotten used to this on the year before. But then it just went on and on. They're like, ah, you know what? Maybe he just took an early train back to Philadelphia. Who knows? Whatever. And they kind of give up looking for him. They've been looking at all the local bars in the area. They're in the hotel like the night before they're about to take their train back to Philly when a marching band comes in and Rube is leading the drum line. (laughs) (laughs) He had signed on with the marching band for about a week and a half. This is the... There needs to be a movie about this guy. Yeah, but who would play him? Like, I think it would have been Robin Williams, but he's dead. Oh, I He's think like actually, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson <laughs> yeah. or Walk jo- he kind of looks like Joaquin Phoenix. He's like an ugly, dumb Joaquin Phoenix. Jim, I would say Treat Williams. I don't know who. who? Is. Yeah, that's right. Look up Treat Williams. That's who I'd like to cast. <laughs> I want Channing Tatum. All right. Yeah, you know what? Chan- He's Channing Tatum could work. Dude. Or Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should be Shrek. You should paint him green. That'd be cool too. Paint him green. Get him. Come on, recover his career. Yeah, that's what what I'm trying to do, Jimmy. Make him the American funny guy. Jimmy, let's be friends. Let's hang out, and I want to be uh, successful. He does listen to the show, so that's very possible. I'm saying, yeah, Yeah, he's always always writing. Jimmy, Mm -hmm. yeah, Jimmy. Before the before the 1903 season could get underway, Rube actually needed a new contract. We're talking about this, you know, these contracts back back then. They're not ironclad like they are today. 
Um, they're obviously also much simpler than like the billion, half billion dollar contracts that teams give out now. So it's like, you know, probably a two sheets of paper. Mm, it's crumpled Now, up. most I... of them are very straightforward. You pay this much for how many games you play. But Rubes had a very special provision inserted, and it was at the request of our friend Shrek. Now, as we mentioned, they shared a bed on road trips. And Shrek, alongside Connie Mack, had been one of the biggest reasons that Rube had kind of, like, stabilized and pitched so well in 1902. And so he approached Connie Mack and said the following, quote, The big bum has got to where he eats these little animal crackers every night. I didn't mind the flat crackers so much, but for a whole week last year, I woke up with elephants, tusks, and cow horns sticking between my ribs. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so they wrote a provision into Rube's contract that he was no longer allowed to eat animal crackers in bed. <laughs> Mike, this sounds like one of your contracts. I do like animal crackers. <laughs> Got it. If you and, had a contract right now, I would make sure you were not allowed to eat Munchos or any Fritos product. You bought them. I didn't say you could eat them while we were recording. I'm not your boss, so... Oh my God! So I'm Ruba, being paid to be here. Yeah, I do. I pay you in munchos, but yeah. or munchies, whatever, whatever. Munchies. Rube was true to his word, and we never hear any reports of him eating animal crackers in bed. But we also don't know if he continued to eat like saltines in bed, because maybe that wasn't part of the contract. It's very specific. I would have gone with yeah. I would have gone with like uh, dry <laughs> crackers or yeah, bread or anything. Animal crackers not so bad. You know, you like have not crackers. seen the animal crackers of yesteryear. Oh yeah, animal crackers suck. There was those Doritos in the Airbnb. That oh, was yeah. pretty gross. That was pretty funny. Yeah, and I was really uh, stoned. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, made it worse. Well, these are in my these are in my Doritos. Yeah, Mike and I we stayed out in uh, San Francisco, and uh, in my bunk there was bed. a Dorito in his bed. My bunk bed. <laughs> First oh, night. Oh my gosh. First, you just took off the sheet. Yeah, I was like, couldn't wait to get into this bed. Those Dorito crumbs. Why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you eat it? Huh? Did you eat it? No, I had a, like a panic attack. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, you did have a panic attack. Yeah. That was very weird. <laughs> I ate the whole bag of edibles because they didn't kick in right away. I was like, oh, I could just eat this whole thing, I right, guess. You thought they would just melt on you quickly? It was like a... I want to distract from the show. Uh, I just think it's really funny that you uh, had to experience a freshly put together Airbnb with, with Doritos. one Dorito, uh, one Dorito yeah. in the well on edit like i was yeah i was the worst <laughs> I, could not, I was like yo i could not even sleep i was like there's probably bugs in this fucking thing it's probably on me and my skin it's probably that trip was fucking weird that was a very weird trip they were going back to san francisco yeah fuck again. that place too many hills and too many weirdos if i want to see someone smear shit on the wall i'm gonna pay for it i don't want to watch someone do it for free oh okay amen okay connor back yeah, in connor, get me out of here <laughs> So that's it. So now Rube's got a, he's got a fancy new contract. Um, and so Connie Mack was also trying to impart some wisdom onto Rube, especially in regards to Rube's heavy drinking. Uh, Mack was not a total. Well, I think he was actually a complete like teetotaler. Didn't drink at all or whatever. What's the how do you pronounce that? For teetotaler. Him? Teetotaler. Yeah. He's straight edge. Yeah. He was straight edge. He yeah. had the X's straight tattooed edge, on his X, wrist. X, oh, nice. Yeah. He's like I'm a tough guy. Yeah. So I he also did shave a, my balls. <laughs> he did a little demonstration. And he sat Rube down, and he got glasses of water and a glass of whiskey, and he grabbed some live worms and threw them in the glass of water, took them out, showed how they were still, swim, well, you know, waddling around doing fine, then threw them in the glass of whiskey where they immediately shriveled up and died. 
Um, Mac looked at Rube and he said, do you understand the lesson I'm trying to teach you here? And Mac respond, uh, Rube responded, quote, you're just trying to relieve my mind. It's sure good to know that a drinking man ain't never going to have to worry about worms in his stomach. Amen, brother. <laughs> what is the appeal of that? What, of, of worms? Yeah, and, the, and like tequila. Oh, that's just dirty Mexican stuff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know those commercials like, this is your brain on drugs? And yeah. It's like, this is your liver on worms. <laughs> <laughs> so Rube was such a drunk uh, that, you know how there's the nickname for boxers and pitchers lefties that are southpaws mm -hmm. so the sporting news which was um around at the time was one of the biggest sports magazines nicknamed rube the southpaw and it would call him the southpaw for most of his career <laughs> nice. hell that's yeah a good nickname yeah. that's some good writing so the 1903 season unfortunately did not pick up right where the a's had left off rube was fantastic as usual as were some of the other pitchers on the team eddie plank and chief bender kind of rounded out the rotation chief bender now, yeah he was a... like a tiny bit chippewa and they're like oh you're chief now <laughs> that's a drinking yeah. name though if yeah. you're chief bender <laughs> yeah. you've got to be drinking the most i forget the what team. his first name was but they always just called him chief bender because he was like one eighth cherokee or chippewa well, or something that's so weird because i didn't think like you think they really narrowed it down you think they like 23 and meet him? They're like, yeah. what is your background, they're, sir? They're probably like, he probably had to track it because he's to like get less and less racism down the generations. Yeah. Be like, well, no, yeah. you can only be one fourth as racist to me. And then my son, you can only be as one racist. Right. It's, oh, written in like he's, it's almost like he's tracking it. No, he was just Italian. He was way more tan than everyone else. He hey, might, hey, you know, hey, that's also a distinct possibility. I was going to say, there's some Romanians with noses that just, <laughs> they look like Native Americans. So who knows? Um, now the pitching was great, but the team just really couldn't hit, uh, their average like plummeted compared to the year before they played well enough overall that they were kind of still in the pennant race, but they were clearly not the same team they were the year prior, uh, prior and Rube still up to his antics. He disappears for a while. This time he came back with a new bride, May Wynn Skinner of Massachusetts. No one's really sure how they met. Uh, there are some sources that claim this was his third marriage. Well, for us, it's the second one we're covering, and no one, not even Rube himself, was ever quite sure how many women he married in his life. <laughs> the official number is three, but there are other reports that it could be much higher. Right. No well, if, if he if he's tr if he's kind of going off the same thing they did in California, where he literally signed up to like eight teams. Yeah. You know, and he's like, "Oh, I'll play for you." I'm sure that that's also probably yeah, happening. He probably also moment. was like going out and getting shit faced drunk for three days, getting married on the second day, and on the third day, waking up in a barn. And just leaving town. And she's probably like, I'm only going to fuck you if we get married. He's like, all right, let's get married. Yeah. yeah. Where's the place? <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm not going to be in town for more than four days. Shrek, Shrek is an ordained minister just for this purpose. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Where are you, a donkey? Shrek I mean, married to be this girl so I can do her in the bathroom. <laughs> I also feel like his pickup line is, you ever seen a goose hopscotch or, <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, I can I can make a uh, different waterfowl do all kinds of schoolyard games. Yeah, <laughs> I've shared beds with men before once, lady. <laughs> you like animal crackers? Yeah. Your breasts are so much nicer than Shrek's. <laughs> I gotta say, like, women probably loved him. Oh yeah, loved him. We we covered how handsome he was. Uh, a lot of women like dum dums. He was like dare. He's adventurous. He's yeah. fun. Like. I wouldn't say he's handsome, but apparently people back then thought he was. Hey, we got money, I don't think he's that handsome. bad looking. He's not bad looking. He's, he's just odd looking. He's stern. All right, Shrek. He's stern. Look, yeah. He's 
He's, he's fun. Like, he's fun. He's, he's fun. fun. He's that's, a good time. That's all that's the really women want. It's a good time. Yeah. It doesn't matter if yeah. he was like hacked in the face. If he was a fun guy and well, he's so out there he's drinking. Prob- he's probably has a puppy in his pocket that he forgot about. Right. Like, <laughs> and all the guys who He's like, wearing red underwear. He's yeah. kind of exciting. And all the guys who like sports are gassing him up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, they're yeah. around him going, oh, this is the, room this is the guy best. you want to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my God, this is so awesome. Fuck my wife. This guy's arm. fuck my wife. I was going to say this earlier, but it kind of works now. So Connie Mack at one point is like an, in another tr- trying to like get through to Rube basically tells him like, Rube, you're going to be, you'd be the best pitcher of all time. If you just gave up wine, women and uh song, because apparently Rube loved to sing, but was a terrible singer. Well, and I so, mean, that's just for him. Yeah. The no, last so one's a little said, selfish for you Connie. Should give up wine, women and singing. And then Rube responded with, can I just give up singing? Oh, boy. Nice. Yeah. Um, so marriage didn't slow Rube down. After he returned, he went on to win nine straight games, and he celebrated the ninth with an ice cream eating contest with a bunch of fans. And that's, that's cool. a big reason, apparently, why he didn't win the tenth game. Oh, <laughs> break free? Because he had like he was just really lethargic, and they. So I didn't know where to put this, but all throughout his career, one of the tactics opposing managers would often try against him that had like varying levels of success is if he was if they could tell that he was really hungover and maybe still drunk. They would just bunt incessantly right back to him. Oh, <laughs> just oh. To, like so, like every single batter would just be like bunt straight back at the pitcher, and like try make him make a make him run off the mound and make a play to first. And there were games where it was like he made five errors in a single inning, and they get like pulled him because he was just really drunk and falling over. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So the the tenth game, he might have just been like too full from the ice cream that he they just bunted at. Him. Well, you mentioned that he was able to eat a gallon of ice cream in the last episode. <laughs> So, so in a contest, if you if like, if you're going to challenge a man yeah. to an ice cream eating contest, that's your guy. Like, yeah, this is common knowledge. Right. You can eat a gallon of ice cream. I could probably eat more than that. <laughs> I could probably eat a gallon of ice cream. I, do you think you can eat a gallon yeah, of ice cream? I probably get, let's do it. How much Patreon do content? You drink. Mike eats a gallon different. of ice cream. I, I could like, I would like sip on that slow. That Mountain Dew right there. I was sipping on that slow, like a nice. You don't want too much of it because you, uh, you're drinking it neat too, right? That was done in three <laughs> yeah. minutes. What are you talking about? Well, I was on this. I'm on the show. I'm, so, I'm hot down here, I'm sweaty. This was before the show. That was empty. Well, it's still hot down here. Right. It's still I hot. I can't get into it, but Mountain yeah. Dew though. I, I am a little curious. I like, I like the blue one only. I don't, I'm on that. I'm not a green or red. Just you're blue. trying to clean up your just act. Blue. I understand. All right, back to blue. <laughs> So in, in August, uh, it's the heat of the pennant race. The A's are still kind of like lounging around in third. They're not quite in it, but they're not out of it yet. Rube is arrested in Camden, New Jersey. He was apparently heavily in debt to his boarding house landlord. And his wife was also starting to sue him for non-support because she was getting increasingly fed up that her main source of food were bags of peanuts Rube stole from the ballpark. <laughs> That's that's love right there. Yeah, <laughs> that is love. <laughs> so they, uh, Connie Mac arranged like an intervention of sorts in this Camden jail, and Rube left, pledging to be a new man and better husband than he when he was out. Um, and it was antics like this that caused baseball writer writer Bill James to write once that Rube would have been as great a pitcher as Walter Johnson if only he had the sense God gives a rabbit. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, has has Rube- he blessed out any kids yet, or? Probably no. There is no mention of him having children. So none of the three like confirmed wives did he have kids with. But he had to have like dozens of them. He oh, may yeah. have been like retard sterile. 
You know, he might have just been sterile. But yeah. like, he apparently because he was sleeping around all the time, so he had to have had like a few kids. I feel like right. Right. unless he was sterile. Dick. There's no, yeah, there's no way he pulled that on all of them. Yeah, he's not like a scientist. No. <laughs> and you know, you weren't back there back then. I, you're right. Well, but unless also... there's a fire, then he's pulling out real easy. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> So uh, this pledge of rubes wasn't to last. He still spent most of his nights in bars. And after another disappearance, Mac decided to suspend him, thinking that this might finally get to get through to him. Rube instead just immediately returned to his favorite saloon in Camden and tended bar there. Um, the A's eventually finished second place, but they're kind of far back runners up to the Boston Bean Eaters, who would go on to play Rube's old Pittsburgh Pirates because the first ever World Series was held that season. Oh, wow. So finally, before the year, they had agreed, like, all right, at the end of the season, no matter what, AL champion, NL champion are playing a best of, uh, playing a series, and I think the Pirates beat Boston. Were I the, can't remember exactly. Were the were the uh, clitoris ch- uh, chowder munchers? Were they playing <laughs> at Wrigley Field at that point? Was that built? Yeah, yeah. That, no, it was coming around. It was in construction at this point. Oh, okay. <laughs> They actually played uh, for for a short time. They were playing at uh, Cummers home base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bean Eaters were yeah, the bit... Jacksonville Cummers. Yeah, Bean Eaters and the Cummers. They were like they were like dual teams there, sister right. teams. Eating Pretty them much. beans, flicking them beans. <laughs> Think so, of that flicking the cum, flicking the yeah. <laughs> I just Friday, Friday, Friday. Your shit. Friday, really come time. come on down Jesus to Wrigley Christ. Field. Wow. See the Bean Eaters versus the Comers. Yeah, <laughs> and get some Orbit gum. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you know, it's Rig- the, Wrigley uh... gum, right? That's not Orbit. It's Wrigley. No, I think Wrigley owns Orbit. They You're do? right, dude. Yeah. Wow, I'm not as retarded mm-hmm. yeah. as we think. <laughs> so with the 1903 season in the books, Rube had missed lots of games for various reasons. Had the following stat line. This year he was 22 and 16. He had a 2.44 ERA, so a little worse than the one previously. 30, he threw 34 complete games, and he threw an astonishing league leading 302 strikeouts. No one else in the American League or National League had even 200, and he had 302 and there. had 100 less innings to do it all in. Damn. He also had three arrests and two suspensions. <laughs> The mm. one suspension we already mentioned that when Mac just kind of got fed up with him. The other suspension happened when he jumped into the stands in New York to beat the shit out of a mobbed up gambler that had been heckling him. Oh. That's when baseball was cool. Yeah, you do yeah, shit. Right. And it was it was like he beat the fuck out of this guy in the stands, and they were like, "You can't play tomorrow, but come back on Saturday." Yeah, <laughs> yeah because back then, I mean, it was New York. Yeah, like th- that's what it used to be. That's like you got you, we saw like the tail end of that kind of actual stuff with robert de niro who doesn't actually beat up people yeah that's a nice guy but he talks like he, he talks does. like he does yeah. Like, yeah. oh you know that's not how we do it in new york everybody <laughs> understand it's like you've lived in la for 47 dad, years yeah exactly his dad told him a story about his cousin beating up someone and then, yeah it was like that but no yeah, yeah. You ever like that in fifty fucking years yeah every once in a while you see these like turn of the century badass moments come out of these this guy like with him last episode just like polishing his revolver, polishing his revolver <laughs> while playing his yeah. old team. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's for some reason New Yorkers still think they're like that. Yep, which is very weird. No, we so, all we're all in tech and fashion. Yeah. Oh God. Any more rubes to come along? I watched a documentary about a matzah uh, factory that was in the Lower East Side <laughs> until like 
2017 and some of the people they brought on to talk about culture and things like that all these local new yorkers yeah. i just want to strangle them all. they're all awful. they're all fucking retarded yeah like, yeah you know this, uh... so so they're not like those no. they're not like the the they, gangsters they're not, talking they're not about shit. it like rubis yes yeah. exactly you know being in debt and fighting people regularly now that's badass <laughs> yeah that's right not so being from season... Iowa and going to a bodega and saying you like chopped cheese. Yeah. <laughs> mm, oh, I'd go for a chopped cheese right now. Or an egg sandwich. All right. Good. Uh, this guy's <laughs> fucking made me hungry. So after the season, uh, or maybe even during the season because he didn't play at the end, um, Rube goes to St. Louis where he signed on with a theater company performing the vaudeville play The Stain of Guilt, and they would go on a national tour that fall. He does it all. Yeah, does yes. the, the stain of guilt? Did they perform that at the Cummers uh, Stadium? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're coming to a town near you. Yeah, yes. the Cummers. So his... yeah, some stadiums have the uh, the national anthem. <laughs> they do the stain of guilt all the way through one, Act One through Three. Yeah. So Rube's you have to put part... your hand over your heart the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Rube's part in the play. Um, it was only one one scene, and all he has to do is come on stage, and he's supposed to punch the villain, which saves the leading lady, which is the character uh, Rube's character's sister. So basically, he's saving his sister from the villain before the hero comes in to you know get the girl. Or it's very New York. Yeah, Rube always wore his baseball uniform, and while performing, always threw a real punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we need to treat every actor. That's method acting. There yeah. were reports from some performances where he would actually lift the actor and throw them into the orchestra pits. <laughs> oh, that's so sick. Cut! <laughs> One review said of Rube, quote, he is in, he's let out for only two minutes in each scene and the ensuing repair bills are pretty bulky. So this is like the first case of like an athlete doing a local like cash for gold commercial. Or like hosting SNL. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I... I I keep thinking Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's not retarded, but he sounds retarded. <laughs> and he does like very similar mannerisms of just coming into a coming onto stage and kicking Throw someone's that. ass and then yeah. drinking beer and go, because he sounds like he could be a bit <laughs> slow on the spectrum or something. <laughs> yeah. Let me get a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like we know he's not retarded. No. He's a businessman. Yeah. He's, he's crushing it, that guy. <laughs> but if his brain cells matched his voice, yeah, then, then we'd get then another root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the play was an absolute critical failure, but it was a roaring commercial success because everyone wanted to come out and see the Rube. It sold out every single show that he was in. Hell yeah. <laughs> there were reports from the tour that at one point he saved the lead actress from drowning in a river and also shot a different actor through the hand. Oh, wow. That's cool. Whoa. He's basically Edward Norton in Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> so Rube leaves the troupe early for two reasons. The first is he constantly was asking to get more salary up front. And second, because they ran out of actors willing to play the villain after he kept punching the villain. <laughs> So the play, when Rube finally burned out of the troupe, it was in Wheeling, West Virginia, and this is a headline from the local paper just after it. This is all caps. Five strenuous days Rube Waddell spends, then goes to Butler. And then, like, the sub uh, subheadline. Throws up his job with Stain of Guilt Company, butts in at a fire, hires out as a beer slinger, and is sued by wife for non-support. 
all in five days. <laughs> wow. Wow. How does a man who's so busy, he has so many jobs, he tends bar, he's the best pitcher in baseball, he's, he's an, actor. an actor, he's a alligator wrestler. How do you fuck up support back then? It was probably like $6 a quarter. Because he spent money at the moment he acquired it. Yeah. But like, yeah. No one would explain to him like, no, it wouldn't yeah. get through to him at all. Like all you got was Connie, he's also if I was Connie, I would have paid her directly. Yeah, yeah. That, well, and I think they did that at some points, but she's also like, "Well, you paid me half of his salary." Like, you should, you know, they, they like, didn't talk to women. What? That's not enough <laughs> to take a man's thinking, half. Yeah, like, yeah. You got to take the whole thing. Also, I think it's also because he's giving her bags of peanuts to eat every day. True. <laughs> like, Got to take fish with my peanuts. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying there's perks to being a waiter at Red Lobster. You're gonna come home <laughs> with popcorn shrimp every yeah. fucking night. We're going to Five Guys, whore. Your 11-year-old might experience heart issues. Yeah. But uh, besides that, they might a good plus. They might get mercury poisoning. Yeah. On top of all of this, there is also an unconfirmed story that he was bitten by a lion that winter. I believe it. What, like a loose lion? lion? It just like appeared in a bunch of different articles. Like some were saying he went to a circus to try and become a lion tamer and got bit. Others that there was like a circus the same day that the stain of guilt was somewhere and he just walked into the lion's cage and then others that he was just at a zoo and jumped into a lion's den and got bit no I, one no one knows no one knows if it's actually true but i he made got might have got bit by a lion i think that he was not trying to become a lion tamer but rather trying to become a lion, <laughs> trying to ride I, a lion. I remember having a friend um around kindergarten and we had the conversation, what do you want to do when you get older? And his answer was, I want to be a horse. And I was like, this guy <laughs> is the best. I fucking it's love great that. Attitude. I was like this. I didn't what? think horse. Yeah. <laughs> and Rube's thinking lion. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to be a ninja. That's, yeah. That's, that's a perfect human job. Human yeah, job. Ninjas yeah, are great human. animals. Yeah. I think that's a good answer too. And I realized like a couple of year, years ago, I'm not Japanese. Just that was the main thing. <laughs> At the age of 24. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait. Wait. Regan-san. <laughs> so despite being suspended for a month to end the 1903 season, Mac still wanted Rube back around in 1904. Wisely, the team did not re return to Jacksonville for spring training because Rube had made such a was such a big star in the city. Uh, instead, they headed to Spartanburg, South Carolina, where there was little to do outside of baseball other than fish and hunt, which was perfect for Rube. So he just spent all his time fishing, hunting, playing ball, and of course, probably drinking every bar dry. The 1904 season was rough for the A's. They finished in fifth place, but for Rube, it might have been his best season. For whatever reason, um, his antics were at an all-time low. They were still there, just less intense, and he's pitching with much more consistency. One of his gentler little escapades that he did um, at this time was he hurt himself. I forget how. I think it just like strained his shoulder or something. And so he spent two weeks rehabbing, managing a bowling alley in Philadelphia. That's cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. Yeah, so AMF sick. action. Good for him. Mm. Um, he was also the opposing pitcher and the final out as a batter when Cy Young, his nemesis again, pitched the first modern era perfect game in baseball history. It was especially tough for Rube since he had been taunting Young in the press all week leading up to the game. He had also pitched several other perfect games, Rube. Yeah, but not in the not in the majors. Oh, so many uh, labels, guys! Yeah. Come so on, he's like, this is the this is a huge deal. Is the first ever American League perfect game? Can I say something? You could work in a bowling alley back then 
And that was like a respectable job. Yeah. Managing a bull because you had to set up the pins by hand. Yeah. yeah. I believe that it is still a respectable job. Yeah. Mm. Don't disrespect bowling alleys, Mike. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, maybe there's someone that works at a bowling alley that listens to the show. I want to disrespect them. <laughs> maybe I'm not going to say it. All right. Oh, yeah? All right. Yeah, I probably you should heard say it here it. first. What the bowling hell is this alley deep cut? What, the, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. You ever go to like a bowling alley and just, you know, just spraying the shoes? And that's not the manager. The manager is behind the yeah, scenes, like arranging pins. Yeah, you, you yes. step out of your you step out of your <laughs> office. You got like all these like TV screens playing different music videos. And Mike, yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah. up with those crazy things yeah. that happen and on he's, the screen when he's he gets putting strike. the nacho yeah. cheese on the chips. Yeah. Are, are you making fun of someone that has been in contact with you who listens to the show <laughs> and uh, works at a bowling alley? There's, there's a smell to a bowling alley. It's like this certain smell yes. you can never escape. It's the smell of success. Yeah. <laughs> it's the smell uh, of oh, a, a well, long I line work. of professionals. I should yeah. probably work at a bowling alley. Let's go, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a job. Let's go. Get a job. So after the... So remember, Rube is the last out of the perfect game that Cy Young throws, and he'd been talking shit all week. So Cy Young is reported to have yelled at Rube when he secured the final out. How do you like that, you hayseed? <laughs> See, hey, great like old-timey fucking... So great old-timey yeah, hayseed. Damn. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to do the hayseed. So after pitching against Cy Young in this perfect game, um, they're on a team's on a road trip. Not sure exactly when in the season. And Connie Mack uh, is speaking with the front desk attendant of the hotel. And in walks Rube. He pulls out a handkerchief to blow his nose. And as he does so, a gun falls out of his pocket and fires a bullet directly into the wall. Rube <laughs> finished blowing his nose, put his handkerchief away, and walked up the stairs. Connie Mack looked at the stunned clerk and simply said, quote, that man is unpredictable. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, if that's, not acknowledged at all. if that's not what it says on his tombstone, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This that man is unpredictable. <laughs> So the Rube finished the 1904 season 25 and 19, a 1.62 ERA. So remember, sub 2.5 is good. He is wow. 1.62. That's outstanding. And an astonishing 349 strikeouts. That record would last for the next 60 years. It would not be broken until the season was extended by another 20 games, and the pitcher who did it threw an additional 100 innings than Rube did. That's a handicap then. Yeah. Yeah. And in wow. fact, no pitcher would ever post back to back 300 uh, strikeout seasons until Sandy Koufax in the 1960s. And that 349 in the 1904 season is still 119 years later the record for the most ever by an American League left handed pitcher. And it might never be broken because pitchers don't pitch enough for it to happen again. Damn. Wow. And why? Also, there's not a lot of lefties out there. Not really. Yeah. Well, yeah. and why is the award the Cy Young? Shit is rigged. Right? Yeah. It's a shame. So now it's uh, spring training for the 1905 season. The A's would again be going to a new southern city. One that they might have wanted to do a little extra thinking about, considering that they had to avoid Jacksonville because it was too big of a city for Rube. Spring training of 1905 for the Philadelphia Athletics would be in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's cool. That's a place to get drunk. That's a place to get drunk and wrestle gators. It's great for Rube. Oh, dude. He arrives on time and in amazing shape. He had spent the whole winter in Lynn, Massachusetts. That's where his wife was from. Working as a woodchopper and volunteer fireman. During one fire call over the winter, he ran into a house that was burning, grabbed the oil stave, oil stove ripped it out of the wall and threw it into a snowbank to prevent the oil stove from exploding 
Damn. What a hero. He's Man a of the people. Hero. I, like, truly, if, if, if sports were looked at like they should be looked at, yeah. which is, it's just a sport. It's a, yeah. There's only one hero in all of sports, and that's Rube Waddell. Yeah. Yeah. Because he knew it was a silly little game, but fireman duty was the serious real shit he's about. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, Great guys. really, yeah. Saving lives. Stopping yeah. the wood from burning. So that's the big reason why Rube is in great shape. Um, he had a better reasons for wanting to arrive on time. For his marriage collapsed, probably because they were in such close proximity for a long time. Um, and at one point, he was just living with his in-laws while his wife lived at a boarding house down the road. Well, that's <laughs> awkward. Yeah, really. And the reason Rube left Lynn, Massachusetts, was because one night when he came home drunk, his father-in-law confronts him. So Rube responded with beating him with a flat iron. He then punched his mother-in-law in the face, who was trying to get him off of his father-in-law. The family dog bites Rube, and Rube throws the dog away from him, and he just runs to the train station, hops on a train, and is on the next train to Philadelphia. My sentiment is confirmed. True hero. <laughs> maybe that's why he hasn't had the, the award. Maybe, yeah. that's, maybe that's a little re- reason why. Dude, this is roller coasters. Saving yeah. lives and beating in-laws. <laughs> beating hey, in-laws. Right, your in-laws' house. Beating them, that's crazy. So Rube gets to New Orleans in February, which is even a little earlier than the team, like all teams arriving. Um, but it might have been better if he was actually his customary lateness because that meant he was arriving during Mardi Gras. Yeah, but so, yeah. Oh. Mm. Topless yeah. boobies and whatnot. Yeah. He probably didn't have his pants on that entire week. No, no it's hot down there. You don't need to. Red underwear. It's hot. Yeah, he's hanging. <laughs> so Rube is a huge hit in the city. He's on Bourbon Street every night. He's leading bands. He's singing songs in taverns. He's tending bar at this point. He's probably put out a few fires. Um, that when t- Connie Mack and the rest of the team gets there, he kind of immediately recognizes his error. And within five days, the team has left New Orleans for Shreveport because it's just a little calmer and a little easier to contain Rube. I mean, both New Orleans and Shreveport have good fishing, I think. That's true. That's true. So. But the the fishing, and you know, it's really just the New Orleans is too much. Yeah. Because Rube's distracted. He can't even fish when he's in New Orleans. There's so much else to do. Yeah. Well, uh, tits. Yeah. Oh, man. He's it's distracting. knee deep. Yeah. yeah, and then like, Shreveport. I won't marry you because I hate father-in-laws. But yeah. and Shreveport, there's lean too. <laughs> that's dessert. Yeah, yeah, that's the year they invented it. <laughs> Probably. So Ruben deered himself all over the South because they, you know, they're based in Shreveport. That's where they're training, but they're still going around to all the different Southern cities. After all, there's no Major League Baseball team further south than DC at this point. Um, the only time he didn't seem to have a great night was when he was mugged in Birmingham. Uh he still pitched the next day. And the team was back in Philly on April 1st. Now the A's got off to a really hot start in April. Now Rube was just a little sore probably because of all the partying down south. So he was a little below his usual standards. So Mac kind of used him as a reliever. Now relievers weren't really common back then. It was basically like you you start and you're going to pitch the whole game unless something really bad goes happen. Right. Um Rube was kind of one of the first ever relief pitchers and it's the perfect role for him. He loves saving lives. So it's like if the previous pitcher loads the bases, throw Rube out there, he's not going to give a shit. Right. He loves mm. having the pressure. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of starting him up and be like, hey, you're going to play a game yeah. now, you can be like, look, you got to save, save the us. day. Yeah. You got to yeah. come in and save the day. And you were telling, okay, boss. Yeah. yeah. You were saying last episode that you used to purposely load the bases yeah, just exactly. to create that now pressure. Now and now someone else can do it for him. Yeah. And then he comes out fresh yeah. and blasts. Him. Honestly, if like, 
if the relief pitcher was an already an idea back then, he just would have been a reliever. They would have just used him because they would have recognized like, oh, this guy loves pitching with pressure. Just always use him as a reliever. Yeah. Mm. Um, he eventually does make his start uh, in the rotation. Uh, oh, and another reason why this was helping the team was because when Rue was the starter, that means he's the star attraction. Everyone's coming to see him. When he's the reliever, crowds aren't as intense. You know, they're not waiting out for him before the game. And also his own teammates at all throughout his career would admit that they would sometimes get distracted for clear reasons when Rube was pitching. Um, Sam Crawford said, uh, this is a teammate from like the Columbus days, said you could just not keep your eyes off him. And another teammate said, when Rube was out there, I wasn't playing, I was watching. So having him come in as a reliever kind of lets the team find their own identity and then Rube's just like thrown in as a shot of like a little extra juice. Wow. Yeah. He finally makes his first start in May against the Washington Senators. He's immediately back to his old ways. He pitches a two-hit shutout, cartwheels off the mound, and then the next day puts out a fire in the team hotel. (laughs) That he started. Well, at least he was there. He won his first 11 games. Uh, He also lost an odd... No, he won a really weird game in Cleveland where apparently he just sat down on the pitcher's mound in the middle of the game and just wouldn't get up no matter what everyone was yelling at him. And it wasn't until one of his teammates came over and literally kicked him up like, was just kicking him incessantly until he finally got up and then pitched the rest of the game. <laughs> He's a star. And he is... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did he want attention? Did, was he just... Was he sleeping? <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like this guy would be perfect in the WWE. He's such a showman. <laughs> He's such a showman. Oh, my God. Um, There's a common joke in Philadelphia at this time. Uh, during Rube's heyday. What are the two biggest attractions in Philly and what do they have in common? It's the Liberty Bell and Rube Waddell and both of them are cracked. <laughs> nice. All right. Good, Great, good, good old writing. turn of the century joke. Yeah, a little yeah. rhyming and, and a little, well, I don't know, literary, <laughs> literary terms. <Yeah. laughs> so July 4th, 1905, that would be one of the most memorable games of Rube's career and is maybe one of the most important games of baseball ever played you know, in this early period. It was, of course, against Boston and Cy Young. Who else? Rube had a bit of a shaky start. He allowed two runs in the first inning. The A's were able to tie it back up in the sixth. And three and a half hours later, it's the 20th inning. It's still two to two. And Rube and Cy Young are both still out there throwing gas. Wow. In the top of the 20th inning, Rube gets on uh, Rube gets that bat facing Cy Young. The bases are loaded. Rube has a little chance of revenge from the uh, perfect game the year before, and he hits a game-winning RBI single. He then retires the side in the bottom of the 20th to beat Cy Young in Boston in 20 innings. Wow. Cy Young said of the game, for my part, I think it was the greatest game of baseball I ever took part in, and Rube was the winner. Damn. Well, all right. Cy himself seems okay. Yeah. It's the other people. <laughs> How you like that, you hayseed? I hope Rube said it right back yeah. to him. <laughs> How you like that, you, uh, you, uh, you strawberry Trump. seed? Yeah, <laughs> you city. Would you call me a walnut? <laughs> uh, just to add to this craziness, this twenty inning marathon was the second game of doubleheader, and Rube had pitched the final inning of the first game. Jeez. Wow. So that meant one day. 22 total oh he pitched last two innings one day 22 total innings 21 innings of them scoreless he had a win and a save an unbelievable game do you know if that's That's the record for longest innings 
I uh, I don't know because there's one. probably like a random game just back then when all they're all the starting pitchers just always go as long as they can. I'm gonna see right now. I'm looking it up. And then you have to get into like modern era and live ball era, so it's weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 30 innings, longest game. Well, it's not the, it's not the longest game ever. Not, but it 26. Might, yeah, yeah 19, 1920. The <clears throat> Boston Braves versus the Brooklyn Robins. 26 innings. Did someone pitch all 26, though? Because I'm wondering mm. if someone ever pitched more than his 22 in a day. Yeah, I don't know. Either way. Oh, that's a long game. I'll leave you're it. looking that up. The 20 inning game was an instant classic. It was immediately called by sports writers across the country the greatest game in the history of the league. Rube got the game ball. Um, he was even cheered on by the Boston crowd because they were like, wow, what a great game. And Rube brought the game ball right to his favorite Philly bar for free drinks for that night. Within a single month, there were a dozen different bars in Philadelphia that had proudly displayed the front of their bar, the game ball from the 20-inning game of Cy Young versus Rubado. Smart! Smart man, (laughs) Smart guy! The smartest third grader around. So here's an interesting thing, too. Uh, So the longest professional game ever played was in the minor leagues in 1981. It was 33 innings. Uh, against the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings. But interestingly enough, each of the teams had, one of them had Wade Boggs and the other one had Cal Ripken Jr. Wow. Before they came up to the majors. That's pretty cool. So after this marathon, um, this really amazing moment for this season, Rube kind of, he hurt his hands somehow and was out of the lineup for a bit. And Connie Mack was worried he may lose Rube again, but for his part, Rube is real steady this year. You know, he's on his on his rocker. He's looking good. In August, he's fully healed, and he pitched 44 straight innings without allowing a run over the course of a couple of games. That record would stand for another eight years. Then we come to something that happened in September. There's a lot of rumors and stories that about what might have transpired, but here's as far as we understand Is it, it. 2001? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> that arm could melt steel. Yeah. <laughs> Something happening in September. Just, mm. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah so it's f- flashing in yeah. my mind. <laughs> Dude, back to school day sales. This is the original 9-11. I love New York! <clears throat> so at this time, there was a tradition where men would buy straw hats on what was called then Decoration Day. It's just Memorial Day now. So the start of the summer, you go out and you buy a straw hat, you wear it all summer, and then on Labor Day, you did this like celebratory like punch through the hat <laughs> to say like summer's over, punch through your straw hat. I wish I could think of a gayer holiday, but I don't Mate, think I can. I have a straw hat. I can put it on right now. <laughs> punch through it. It's not Memorial Day. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, it. yeah. So that was just a tradition. It's important to understand for what's about to transpire. The team is on their way back from Boston to Philadelphia. And the train stops in Providence to pick up one of Rube's teammates, a guy by the name of Andy Coakley. Now, while they're at the train station in Providence, Rube notices that Coakley, who had been visiting his in-laws, was wearing a straw hat. And it was after Labor Day. And Rube loved these types of traditions. (laughs) So the story goes that Rube charges at his teammate, who's standing at the train station, Coakley doesn't recognize who this giant man charging at him is. And so like swings out of the way and in doing so accidentally like hits Rube across the face, either with his bag or shoulder. And that made Rube, who was probably drunk at the time, angry. So now he starts fighting Coakley and it basically breaks out into like a general melee either on the train or in the train station. It's not really clear. 
and all of his teammates are jumping in and like trying to get Rube off of him. And finally, when they break it all at the incident, Rube forgives him. They're like, all right, just a misunderstanding. But he had seriously injured his left shoulder. He really needed to rest. He'd probably like pulled a muscle or something. But because of it, he he's still trying to pitch through it. And so it just makes it worse. He's in pain. He can't pitch. And he is out for the entire rest of the season. Wow. Yeah. It's all because he just wanted to like punch Punch, a hat. Punch (laughs) through a straw hat. (laughs) To punch the hat. Yeah. I want to punch the hat. (laughs) You're not doing it right. You got to punch it. Yeah. Now, the reason this has become such like a controversial event is because the World Series before the 1905 season had finally been officially agreed to like set down in a contract. So they had the 1903 World Series. There was no World Series in 1904. And then finally, before the 1905 season, it's like fully agreed every year, no matter what, best of seven between the AL and NL pennant winners. And in this year, it was clearly going to be the Athletics or uh, we're going to play the uh, New York Giants. So the team that Rube had berated the manager out of the league, basically. Right. So it's setting up to be this huge, huge baseball series. Um, it was going to be like it was the most hyped baseball event in history. These are the two best teams in two of the biggest cities in the country. But Rube's injury keeps him out of the whole thing. Oh. The Giants win 4-1. to one, And there are lots of conspiracy theories that what actually happened is Rube never actually hurt his shoulder, but that New York uh, gamblers and like, businessmen went to Rube and either paid him to fake an injury, which I think is really unlikely because he's not smart enough for that, I don't know. or told him that they were going to pay f- to just send him on a fishing trip. For the whole month of the World Series. That sounds okay. more likely. That more sounds pretty. So no one really knows because he didn't actually go fishing, but there's all these, like, there's a lot of smoke about, like, was he actually meeting with gamblers? Well, the story about the train station incident changes so much that no boat. one knows. You, you can, you could teach idiots in, if you have the time. And, like, he's used to getting a dollar a day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, hey, Rube, you're getting a dollar a day, right? Around two dollars a day. <laughs> How about wait a second? Three? Four. Four dollars a day, Rube. Yeah. Waddell. And they just they keep doing this. All right, think about that four dollars a day. I'm gonna go make a call. I just got a call back. Seventeen dollars a day, Rube. <laughs> think about it. I I think if you could build up you the build it up and, and like, then let, him, like... let him volcano up and be yeah. like Turns out I made $106 a day for not playing. I feel like that is... That's way better. I feel like that is the childish baby conversation of every, like, Suffolk County cop. Wait, you make how much a day? But if you don't look at my property, you can make this much a day. Yeah. No, you can can switch. You can't just make them jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be like, oh, you got to build up to it. You're doing this. Yeah, you know? yeah so, build the trust. So yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a trust thing. I break the person down a bit. You gotta you gotta analyze their <laughs> correct. Yes, <laughs> analyze. I, them. I think Rube was injured because I think Rube was like he probably would have been like, oh yeah, I'll take that hundred six dollars a day, and then I'm gonna play baseball, and they will have no idea. Yeah, right. Nineteen oh five. Because they're not at the stadium. I'll they're put in on, New York. I'll put on a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too Wado. Yeah. Right, we go get drunk then. All right, bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just thinking. I, I'm still so, pitching with a hurt shoulder. I'm just that good. Yeah. Like, there's shady business behind it. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's we'll never know. We'll never. I know. think there's especially back then all the sports fixing. I think that's true. Yeah. That. What if we? Uh, 
Listen, you're getting one dollar a day, right? What if we started a fire? <laughs> that too. What if we yo, started I'll, a fire. Yo, every back day? then, I'd be like, "Yo, house burned down. I need that check or that insurance check." Well, I'm, I'm talking about like how he loved to he put just out wants fire. Yeah, the activity oh. of going out. That's why, like the when. Like in these like stories, they're like, well, Rube really didn't care about money, so he probably wasn't just paid to stay away. He was probably stayed paid to fish. Like that was like a very serious like yeah. avenue of the thought of like, no, he probably wasn't just bribed. He was probably taken on a boat and been like, Rube, look at all these sea bass. Yeah. <laughs> that hundred and six dollars. Imagine how many worms that could buy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Is that and supposed you, to and be somewhere? You won't have to worry about them getting in your stomach. Yeah. I think I was supposed to be doing something important today. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, they ain't no World Series over yeah. there. I meant, uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of his life, Andy Coakley, uh, who went on for like a respectable baseball career, he was the coach at Columbia for a long time, he would always be harassed by fans about the straw hat that had kept Rue Baudel out of the 1905 World Series. We'll never know. Now, in 1905, when the season's over, despite all this, Rube still led the American League in strikeouts with 287. He also led the league in appearances, wins, and ERA of 1.48. Wow. He also led the league in saves. He's one of only, like, three pitchers ever to lead the league in wins and saves. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. It was easily the greatest season of his career, but it had all come undone at that Providence train station, or in the gambling dens of New York. Um... And it kind of is the turning point for Rube because the Philly fans are always going to turn on him a little bit after this as like, wait, you were you let us down when we needed you in the World Series. Like you weren't there, but mm. we still love you, Rube. But we're a little a little ticked off now. It's a big t- big dad energy. Yeah. yeah. So Rube is off to a uh, rough start by his lofty standards in 1906. His big issue at this time is that he could no longer go on his three-day drinking benders and return to form without any problems. Now he had to like kind of pitch himself back into shape after his little binges. How old is he now? Um, nineteen oh six. He's thirty. <laughs> it's 30. me. It's me getting that's having, like yeah, that's like a hangover the last. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> um, the team was hotter than ever though. The Athletics started out seventeen and seven. And Rube was just starting to gel and just starting to get back in the swing of things when he got into an accident while leading a horse carriage through Philadelphia. He had fractured his thumb and was going to have to sit out for a little bit. Uh, The problem was, just like he had the year before, he's trying to pitch through his injury, and it's just making his injury even worse. It didn't help that he also had arranged bouts with professional wrestlers a few days after breaking his thumb. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Shout out to my man, Sam Sherrick. Just saw him. He had broken a finger while wrestling <clears throat> this last week. So, God bless he you, He knows Sam. what Rube went. Yeah. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. You gotta ice it, man. Yeah. Now, Rube needed rest, but the old baseball roster rules kind of didn't allow for Connie Mack to actually do that, even though he knew that Rube needed it. See, teams only were allowed 15 players at a time, no exceptions. So... If he wanted to bring in a replacement while Rube rested, that means he'd have to cut Rube from the team, and immediately other teams would just sign him and have him pitch anyway because he's just such a star attraction. Right, and they don't give a fuck about uh, his Yeah, and he doesn't and really care he's either. He'll just yeah, exactly. He's like, you cut me, I'm going to go play for Boston. Yeah. Kind of hurts where... Uh, no, but are the comers. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, it kind of hurts to pitch with my thumb sometimes. <laughs> it hurts more fishing, but pitching is easy. Yeah. <laughs> And despite all this, he's still a really good pitcher. It's just like by his standard as like the best pitcher in baseball, he's taken a little bit of a step back because of these injuries. Um, getting older too. Yeah, he's getting a little older. 
the, the woes continue all summer. Um, he goes on hot streaks, then he gets real cold for a while. He'll go on a hot streak, then go cold for a while. And the, his teammates, as well as the Philly fan base, are starting to turn sour on the antics that they'd once loved. Um, basically, once he's not pitching as well as he had before, the, they just kind of don't tolerate his bullshit. Anymore. Yeah, look at this guy. He's drunk us. with an alligator. How can <laughs> how can this Philadelphia, a son of Philadelphia, be running around the streets drunk with an alligator? We're respectable Quakers, yeah. and he's playing marbles with kids. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have fun if you're a Quaker. Yeah. <clears throat> So the 1906 season ends, uh, the A's are a distant fourth place in the American League, and Rube, despite his thumb injury, still leads the league in strikeouts. Wow, that's crazy. He only had 196, though, so pretty steep decline from his highs, even if he's still leading the league. It's basically like Tony Hawk. <clears throat> he gets hurt, and he's still doing the best skateboarding ever. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So uh, Rube arrives for spring training in 1907. Um, there was some optimism that he'd finally turned a corner he'd lost a lot of weight that winter and looked okay. to be in really good shape he credited this because he had found a huge new obsession all winter long which was roller skating oh <laughs> he's a blader high tech so he's blading yeah he's blading he loves Rub- rubon skates sounds like a local band <laughs> <laughs> he's doing aggressive inline yeah right. <laughs> good game so this time, uh, spring training is held near Dallas. Um, Rube disappears, as always, for about a week. He does spends this time working for the Dallas Fire Department, and all of his teammates said that they never see- saw him take anything more seriously. He also would go to a cattleman's convention in Fort Worth. He refereed some boxing matches, joined in on a few others as well. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's his spring training. Yeah, right? Everything he does is kind of cool. We, you know, it's... It's his... Like, like, See, he has his hang-ups like everyone. He, I think it's he's great to fall. Like, I wouldn't want to be his teammate, though. Because it'd yeah, be like, really old fun for like a, a couple months, and then it'd be like, yeah, you're tired right, of his shit. I'm fucking sick of this. Get enough with the animal crap. Yeah, I don't know how this team still hasn't hired like a new person to follow him around. Be like, you're our star <laughs> yeah. player. You can't box. <laughs> you know? Yeah, stop boxing. <laughs> Why did you beat up all of our in-laws? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought they was going to be mean to you guys. Yeah. Well, I respect him. I do, too. I have a a tremendous amount of respect for this Rube. I wish Mm -hmm. I played baseball as a kid. So you could be Rube? Yeah, I could have been a Rube. Could have been a Rube. The the season does not start well. Rube is eventually suspended for 30 days after disappearing for a week and continuing to spend all of his nights drinking. He says that the reason he was gone for a week was that he spent all of his time at a Turkish bath, and somehow this convinces the team to unsuspect him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, he was doing gay shit. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, come Progressive. on. That's, right. yeah, Probably that's awesome. Come on, right we're a sports right team, right? Yeah. Slap him on the ass. Get back out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just practicing to give us better ass packs. Yeah, well, yeah. You need your ass to be waxed so the hand just slides right off. <laughs> what an odd excuse. Yeah. Uh, just after this, he is arrested by the uh, police in Boston, I think, for failing to pay marital support to his wife, who had somehow still not filed for divorce, despite him beating the shit out of her parents. Okay, keep that in mind. It's not necessarily a man's world. Okay? <laughs> this is very, it's very complicated issues. Yeah. Uh, but it was clear that something was off with Rube this whole season. Um, in one game, he pitched 12 innings and a win in Boston, which was great. But in the whole 12 innings, he didn't record a single strikeout, which is really crazy for him. It's the first time he failed to uh, have a strikeout in his entire Philadelphia career. Wow. Uh, Connie Mack was trying to knock some sense into Rube. 
He always wanted to give him extra chances, and at one point he has him fake arrested for starting a fight in Candom. He sets up a, a mock trial complete with a judge, uh, lawyers, a bailiff, and a jury, and he even brings in a fake victim that they had wrapped in heavy bandages. So he punked him. He punked him. <laughs> that is so much work. Good. Yeah. Apparently, Rube broke down in tears. He was so upset for having... Um, having it all come to this he apologized to connie mac and he was consistent for the next month he had some great games uh but the alcohol is catching up to him like, you know what i could go for a drink today <laughs> yeah yeah this is, this is hard being a good guy <laughs> this is hard yeah. man i, bad day I fought two fires today i gotta have four drinks now. yeah that man ashton kushner is not nice he made me cry <laughs> here let me take his trucker hat this is a yeah. dickhead. Also, another thing to consider here is that fires were way more intense back then. Well, they were more intense, and they were just way more uh, common. common. Yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, candles. there's no the hoses. There's I don't even know if they're hoses. Yeah, fire hydrants. Probably really, not. Yeah, fucking buckets. Yeah, maybe in like the hubs of major cities, but yeah. not even the surrounding areas. There's like pissing all the fires. Like, oh, it's not going. It's out. really just run in there and see if you could save anyone's life. You see, and take the value. Right? Use the big blanket. Yeah. Oh, fires, I don't know. Right. These hmm? use big blankets. Put yeah, and also like the reason an axe is like a fireman symbol is because they would just knock down the buildings next to the burning building to just let the one. It's like this one building is burning. Knock down the two next to it, so we lose three houses rather than an entire city block. Okay, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, sorry, your house is going. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Your neighbors, your neighbors <laughs> making taquitos. Yeah, and well, also, you need to evacuate your house so we can take all your valuables before we knock yeah, it down. That's how Waddell is carrying out your stove. Yeah, <laughs> but you know I'm that's like that's good. Waiting. You know, I would want all my shit taken by firemen, um, so I could, you know, I I pay for insurance. Yeah, I I, I need them to know. About all my equipment, all my all my bonds and all stocks. Yeah. My stocks. Dude, you gotta back the red. They've all, they've all burned up. <laughs> I've got so much Coca-Cola stock. Yeah. It's all burned up. It's gone now. I'm gonna need that start, worth right yeah, now. Start baby. over. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, the, the drinking's catching up to Rube. Uh in one game he's called on for relief and they can't find him, which uh they're not really sure where he is, and they find him in the clubhouse sleeping off a bender that he just had wandered back from. The A's were still playing great despite uh Rube being in and out of the lineup, so now they're basically winning despite Rube rather than with Rube. The team struggled through the end of the year though, they came up just short behind the league winning Detroit Tigers. Rube had barely pitched over the final two months and was bad when he actually did. Not even just for his standards, he was just straight up bad. I could wow. see him because it's not like the guy has technique, really. He's just a natural. He's just naturally gifted. He's a natural yeah. animal. So if he's off, he's probably he's just fucking way off. That's what they say is like he. So his fastball was his best pitch. Yeah. And then his curveballs, he basically only threw fastballs and curveballs. That's so sick. And his fastball, he needed, like, precision control on it. And it was really good at that when he was at his best. But when he was off, he was just, like, beaning people left and right. Bean eater. Yeah. Yeah. He lost the mojo. And and one, I forget when it is. I don't think I wrote it in here. But at one point, he does hit someone right in the head with a fastball. And then he saved the guy's life by, like, carrying him to a hospital, spending the whole night with him and, like, nursing him back down. That would feel pretty bad. Okay, hold on a second. He probably would have survived. That's all he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he didn't really yeah. do much, but like he still he carried him back to the I hospital. That he did Imagine waking up from that. You see like fucking smiling ass Rube Waddell over your bed with fucking whiskey breath, going, "You okay, buddy? Yeah. You gonna eat like, those graham crackers? Little double right there. <laughs> um, 
I think I was going to be okay. Yeah, but you'd imagine. I mean, he's pretty much living like the rock star life for his entire life. And you think about yeah. those rock stars, like when they start to, you know, from like the 90s or whatever. They start to hit their them. 30s, they start to get fat, and then they teach like guitar tutorials and shit. You mm-hmm. know, they just lose their edge. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of those rock stars at that time kind of just killed people they weren't saving anyone yeah. so rube waddell has the yeah one that is that. true mm-hmm. vince neal killed someone that was kind of cool right rock and roll <laughs> uh kickstart my heart yeah well y- or y- maybe uh stop my heart well sure i actually forgot i can't name a, a single poison song right now that fucking mm. that's no, not poison. motley crew motley crew that's what i meant uh live wire that's a banger right that there. That song is tight, but smart, probably that guy also like. killed someone. Yeah. Matthew Broderick also killed someone. I just watched him in the Stepford Wives for the first time. He looks like he was about to kill someone. He didn't mean to, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. What's... That's what all the Americans in Ireland... Yeah, what side of the road am I supposed to be on? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Connor, take someone. us away from this... I... <laughs> I've had too many of these amazing Budweisers mm. to really Tom bring a conversation. Freedom right now, I'm, dude. <laughs> I'm drinking freedom. Free. I'm, freedom. I'm thinking free. So, um, we're really low. Yeah. So, Rube's not doing well. The season ends on a real sour note, and few realized it at the time. If anyone realized it at the time, but on October fifth, Rube would pitch his last ever game for the Philadelphia oh. Athletics. Oh, Get damn. He faced one batter. Congrats. He allowed that batter to get a hit, and he was immediately pulled for Harry Vickers, who is also nicknamed Rube. Oh. You know, well, we got two retards. We got two retards. Yeah. <laughs> so his 1907 season ends. Um, he finished 19-13 and 13 despite his struggles. And despite be- like being bad, straight up, straight up bad for the last three months, he still led the league in strikeouts. He threw 232. Jeez. Second place was this guy, Ed Walsh of the White Sox, who recorded 206. So 26 less than Rube and 137 more innings pitched. Damn. Well, see, like, pulling him is probably just important, as important as putting him on. Because, like, we just talked about, he's fucking blasting. Yeah. He's throwing He's throwing just as hard. Yep. His aim's all off. His aim's off. <laughs> he's fu- he's going to murder someone. Get, get him out of there. Get him out of there. All right. Yeah. He's a bit dangerous. Pull I wonder if he started to get more fast and more regular the more you bunted at him. Like, he just gets pissed off. Like, why the fuck are you bunting at me? Yeah, stop yeah. bunting at me. Be a man. Yeah. Swing. Yeah, so he f- pitched his final game for the Athletics on October 5th when he's pulled for Rube. He still had, leads the league in strikeouts um, in 1907. I already said that. So, yeah, in his six years with the Philadelphia Athletics, Rube had led the league in strikeouts every single year. His total from his tenure there was 1,576. If you added up all the people who finished second over that time, it would be f- only 1,180, so 400 less than Rube had, which basically means they would have had to pitch two more seasons worth to get Rube's strikeout total. Dang! Dang. That's how good he was. Rubert! As we said, um, no one really realized at the time, but he was his time in Philly was over because the antics had finally caught up with him. And that winter, the team would give Connie Mack an ultimatum. It's us or him, and Connie Mack... Had to go with his brain, not his heart, and chose the team over Rubio. Dude, Connie Mack's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he did some smart moves. Look but... at a look at a picture of Connie Mack if you want a strange looking guy. What about what about <laughs> his best bed buddy Shrek? What was he gonna do? Well, Shrek is real. Shrek's real weird looking, but yeah, Shrek is gonna he's gonna lose his power. Uh, oh yeah, Connie Mack is. Uh, I'd fuck him. 
<laughs> he look, he's the kind of guy who looks like he's actually looking at say? you with his eyebrows. Yeah. And yeah. not his eyes. Yeah, Travis, I don't know if I sent you like a part two artwork thing, but Connie Mack should definitely Oh, be. I'm putting this guy in. He this, looks bizarre. Yeah, he's like, no one's behind those oh, eyes. So that, Tom, yeah. that picture where he's standing next to a guy in a baseball uniform? Yeah. That's John McGraw, the Giants manager that like Rube talks shit out of so much that he Ruby gets Ruby Tuesday is a hit. Yeah. McGraw's a champ. Yeah, McGraw man. looks a like a boy. champ, dude. That guy's like a tank. Yeah. He's yeah. like, if he shit a person out, it would be Babe Ruth. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was, I was like, wait, Babe Ruth wasn't playing back then, because I thought that was a picture of Babe Ruth for a second. Yeah, so Baby this Ruth. Is, uh, this is jumping ahead, but Connie Mack would continue to own and manage the athletics until 1940, no, 50, 1950. Damn, dude, yeah, he was old like, as fuck. He was 83 years old and was still managing the team in that same like wow. tie and top hat. That's cool. And he also is wearing a straw hat, so he must have celebrated the summer season as well. Right? <laughs> Although he's probably took him a couple of punches just with those tiny little Yeah, arms. Yeah, he's, he's very... Yeah, he goes on to win five World Series, though. He's like Jeez. one of the best managers in baseball history. And his name is Connie as a man. Yeah. <laughs> so don't... Skip that. It's like a boy named Sue. Or Kimberly. Or Kim. <laughs> or Kelly. They're all very proud male names. Yeah. yeah. Wish my name was. Mike, cool. we <laughs> gotta just start Jessica's calling you Rube Regan. Call me Jessica Regan. I like that. Jessica Regan. All right. So we're ending the episode there. Yeah. We'll pick up with um, Rube's post Philly life, which is just as interesting. But maybe a little more Philly tragic than his, his Philly yeah. life. Yeah, I, I like tragedy better. I feel like some of the banter on this is hard because we like tragedy. And there hasn't been enough tragedy. It's been more festive. It's, yeah, it's been hijinks. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom Foolery. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, He didn't have any accents where he killed someone and he gets away with it. Yeah, like Matthew Broderick <laughs> yeah, Matthew. of the Stepford Wives. He, yeah, Matthew yeah, Broderick Brod- yeah. of the Jacksonville Cummers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, well, well, the comer is taking on the orphans tonight. <laughs> oh, no, the Epstein game of the series. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I want it to. I want half says the orphans and, and the jerseys. Yeah, comers. We getting two hats and then making them all Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like sewing them from the middle seam. And Coming just, orphans, the come orphans, orphans of come. Uh, Technically, all orphans are orphans. Yeah, so I I think I may have lied. We we are at Rube Tuesdays today, uh, but I may have lied and said uh, that you were going to get a twofer. I'm actually, we're going to throw another shot in there for you. Because it's the triple triple play. play. The triple play. It's a strikeout for Rube. Connor pulled a professional oopsie and wrote too much material. Yeah. So we're we're going to do three. Yeah, we're going to do a, a strikeout, which is what? When you chug a beer, take a shot, bong rip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you do the bomb well, no, rip in the beginning. You do bong rip, and then you do all the other stuff, and then blow yeah, out the bong yeah. rip. And then you beat up your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or face plant into a pool. We <laughs> 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 drive to Levittown, <laughs> fucking knock over some mailboxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go mailboxes. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's, no, that's the... I kind of want to do that. That's a, that's a lot of fun. That's, right that's the, the Levittville's new minor league team, the Levittville Mailboxers. 
<laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a softball league now, so I have a metal bat at all times. I can't wait to uh, uh, do a swan dive into an above ground pool. <laughs> <laughs> wait, from the bottom or the top? I'm gonna hit the bottom. <laughs> from the, <garage laughs> the bottom. I'm gonna go off the second story. Uh, is it, is I'm, it, is I'm gonna filled? go off the. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna uh, the fire escape that they put in for the the tenant that has <laughs> that the illegal room. the illegal yeah, the illegal tenant on that's the living in the floor. finished yeah. attic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's very cash. Well, money why does this door not have a handle? On? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, Connor, that was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Glad we get to spend another t- night with Rube. Yeah, Ruby Tuesdays. Bring your apples. No, we're gonna go to Ruby Tuesdays. We're gonna yeah, go right after. Yeah. Yourself, so that's Thanks. been Roast Mortem Cast. If you've got a friend in me, or you've got a friend in anyone, you should probably go to their bed and eat animal crackers next to them. That's the moral of the story. That's right. Uh-huh. And yeah, after you're done, good. you can both giggle and laugh and shit, and then like go to roastmortemcast.com, buy some hats. And then you can go to uh, roast patreon.com slash roastlormcast do some bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Do bucks. Do us. bucks. Do bucks. Give us a dollar. And I will come out with a Rube shirt when this episode comes out. So you'll be, you can be ready. Yeah, please. Hell yeah. For part three. Ruben, I will send you a personalized a video. Whoever the most money. Yeah. That's wow. right. Wow. Mike. <laughs> Mike's going all out. I'll send you a personalized video. That's a federal employee <laughs> sending you a video. Yeah. Well, I can do that. No, I know. It's, no, it's I'm, just that's, no, that's, that's someone's kink. Uh, that'd be, that'd a be post sexual. office. Someone's got a kink. Yeah. yeah. You, you can. Yeah. Ooh, is that a government paycheck? I can, <laughs> I can do like voiceovers or call in for work for you or call out of work. What is this ex- extension of your services right now? You're, you're going from, I'm going to show you my he's body. A bu- he's a business. I never said I was going to show you my body. Oh, no, Mike, you can you can lick their stamps. I, you want stamps? I can't get you them because I get in trouble. But... <laughs> Lock and key, man. All right. All right thank you, thank Shane, you Shane. Bye. Bye.